This is CliffCentral.com. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yet again, another one of those absolutely fantastic days right here on Cliff Central. My name is Weza. You can call me Weza, that guy. Man, yet again, another one of those great days. We're about to have the shortest hour in the week. It's always great to have a short hour. You know, I mean, every single time when it's Thursday, you already know that, okay, cool. I'm going to listen to Unplugged and In Charge. And right after that, it's the weekend, baby. Pretty much, right? Well, if you're listening to the podcast, that means you're listening to this at any given time. But it's a lovely breakaway session. It's a it's a time where you can actually get to to just um you know be inspired one way or the other. Um, whether it is through the conversation or maybe just picking up some of the 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 major keys to success in these type of conversations that we have. And in fact, I think it's a really great time to just grab a cup of coffee and just listen in. Almost feels like you're part of the conversation in a way. In fact, I'm even uh, giving you the invitation to sometimes even engage me on Twitter, on some of the podcasts, even if they've passed already. You know, you could just go onto Twitter and tag me at Where's that, that Guy, and then let's have a discussion about something that uh, maybe has uh, been discussed on the radio already. And uh, that actually would be cool. It would. I would give you a lot of props for that because I would actually be able to see who listened to the podcast. And even if it's long ago, but if you still throw back to it, I, I think you, you just be up there, man. You, I'll give you so much props. You just be up there in the, in the list of really good people. So I was actually just, uh, chilling, having a read at something, uh, that was right here in the studios. This is the, the uh, Forbes Africa under 30. This is the fourth annual one. In fact, they've, they've been doing this, uh, every single year for, for about four years, I think. And um, they normally profile 90 young entrepreneurs across three sectors with the fire and fury to change the world. Uh, I actually know a couple of friends of mine who are also mentioned in here. And it's already a really cool achievement to be able to, you know, to be mentioned by a big brand such as Forbes Africa. I was actually just reading one of the encounters here, just having a read as to what it, what does it take? What, what type of people are in this magazine? So now this is the 2018 edition and I'm just going to read to you what one of them, uh, profile looks like. It's not really a profile, but more like a, you know, a, a write up of the actual person. So this right here is the co-founder of ATI group. Okay. Let's have a look. It, his name is, uh, yeah, Yannick. Nzonde, he's 29 years old and he uh, originates from the DRC. Let, let, let me tell you a bit about him. So um, Nzonde is a brave man. Five years ago, he founded ATI Group, a construction company with 6,000 rand. The 6,000 rand he earned from renting out his friend's BMW that he had borrowed for the weekend. What? Okay. And then... Um, well, he's also the founder of uh, Mulundi Investment Holdings, which holds um, or in fact houses ATI Group uh, and uh, Chi Group, um, management consulting firm. Mulundi Investment Holdings turns over a million dollars in revenue each year for the 29-year-old. This is a long way from where it all began when he was only 14. He says, I had bought a watch from a local marketplace in DRC for $5. 
One of my younger brother's friends loved it so much he offered to buy it from me for $20. The next day, someone else offered me even more for the same watch. It turned, in fact, and became the start of a rewarding entrepreneurial journey for him. He sold everything he could get his hands on. At age 15, he relocated to South Africa, where he started buying computers, solar lights, fat burners, pool tables, and selling them back home in DRC. I have always been the person to find solutions to problems and people having always come to me, it just felt like a natural thing. I have always been the person to jump on opportunities once I, I, I grab them in the market or in fact, when I see a gap in the market, I've also always wanted to leave a legacy, he says. Now that's quite interesting. These are the type of people that make it into Forbes. Forbes Africa under 30. In fact, we've got a gentleman in the studio who's also made it in that list. I'm not sure if it's, if it's this year or the year before. It's this year. He It's this year, guys. It's amazing. The gentleman's name, uh, he goes by the name of Jack. Not just any Jack. It's not champion Jack like the, you know, back in the old days. This is a different kind of Jack. I just want to make sure I have the surname right here just in case. Um, it's Jack Mtembu. Kunjandat. Absolutely fantastic. Let me just switch up your mic right there. Uh, just say something again. I just want to make sure that I think the mic is on right now. It's still not on. Hi, Jack. I think, uh, I think our technical things are a little bit technical today. Let's test some of the other mics. Maybe the, these mics are just enemies of progress for you today, Jack. How you doing, Jack? I'm all thanks yourself. Excellent, excellent, brother. Okay, so we got Jack in the studio. Jack, you saying you saying you part of this year's um, Forbes Africa Under Thirty? Yes. Absolutely fantastic, man. I was just going through the list right here. I was looking for your picture. You know how people are when they know someone in the magazine. Yeah, they yeah. just, they just scrolling through everyone else is like, where's Jack? Where's Jack? Where's Jack? Oh, are yeah. you, are you in here? Uh, no. So my picture, I responded late to the, oh, yeah. to the like to the news telling me that, hey, okay. I made the list. So yeah. I have my article there, my story, yeah. but just not my picture. Tragic. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, your name is in there and that, that's there. all that counts. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. So, Jack, I mean, this is a, a big achievement right here, Forbes Africa. I've got a friend who made it last year or the year before, uh-huh. but it never left his emails, man. Like right That's there at the true. bottom, he always puts yeah. it there just to, so that people must know, you know. So it, it it was clearly a big deal for him. That's why, you know, he made sure that no matter what, he just puts it in there. Is it a big deal for you as well? No, it is a big deal. I mean, as you said earlier, you know, Forbes Africa, like Forbes globally, you know, mm. it's just one big brand. I mean, especially in the business sector and that. So to be recognized by such a giant, you know, it's really a big deal. And I mean, also at the same time, there's a lot of doors that it opens up and a lot of, um, you know, opportunities that you actually get for just being um, listed as um, under 30 by Forbes. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it is a big deal. So, I mean, this was released only now in June, right? Yes, so, June. so that means you haven't really quite felt the big doors it opens just yet. Or am I wrong? I could say, 
I haven't felt the big doors, but you can actually feel the sense of where it's going, you know. Yeah. So there's been already conversations um, that one has been having, um, you know, prior to the to the list, making the list. And after just making the list, I think there's more of being taken serious. You know, mm. you're always being taken serious, but, you know, you're still a young guy, under 30, yeah. you know. But I feel like just making that list kind of, you know, gives you that whole... Um, understanding that hey You know there is potential In this young person mm. And whatever you said before It's something that they can actually Literally look into And yeah so yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. I think it's also a great confidence bo- boost as well for yourself to say, yeah. Hey, this hustle thing, it's actually working out. You know, true. people are noticing and maybe I'm on the right track. Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, the other thing is, you know, um, sometimes an entrepreneur, especially starting off, you know, you, you have your good moments and you have your really down moments. I think there's literally more down moments than good moments when you're starting off, you know, and, Sometimes you kind of also ask yourself, am I really doing this? You kind of also not, you start doubting yourself. You know, people already are there, not doubt, like, you know, not believing you in that. But getting on this list kind of also tells you, reminds you that, hey, you know what? Um, someone sees potential in you, you know, and it's not just someone, it's Forbes. So you kind of also feel like, hey, you know, I maybe need to just build a little bit of my confidence. You know, mm. I know what I'm doing. Mm. Sometimes it might not look like that, but I know what I'm doing and I know this is going somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Now, you, you do tell me that, uh, as an entrepreneur, you have your ups and you have your downs and you have everything in between. Yeah. Tell me a bit about, let's first, before we get into the ups and the downs, let's get into what you do on the daily. All right. So I run a company called First One Adventures. So what we do is First One Adventures, we host fun educational camps for young people. Um, so we, we teach, I mean, we teach kids a lot of skills, you know, entrepreneurship being one of them, leadership as well as nature conservation. And we have it in a fun setting and an adventurous, an adventurous setting. So we take them out on camps. So we don't use your basic, normal, you know, traditional way of doing things in the classroom and that mm-hmm. we take them out on a, um, in a place in a bush where it's far from their normal day to day living and that and just get them to experience What's like in the outdoor And I think through that There's also a lot of learning That they get Because it gives them An opportunity to To, to be innovative You know mm. Through physical activities And and use creativity To solve physical problems That they are faced with So we kind of move away From the whole theoretical learning And use practical sense To, yeah. to give what we're teaching So we teach entrepreneurship To high school kids And then we also have A post-camp program That we run Called the Entrepreneurs Club So that's um a day-to-day interaction with young people that we want them to continue have, having this conversation about entrepreneurship and to continue to build themselves as young people who are to take over the country one day as future leaders and that. Mm. So, yeah. And, and how impactful is, is this? Let's, let's talk first about the, uh, the, the, the fun educational camp, right? How impactful has it been in terms of what you could measure? Um, how impactful is it on young people? So, you know, the one impact that we could actually say we, we having on young people is that, you know, the one thing is, for example, in schools, we, our education system is great in that, but I don't think that it allows young people to, to think outside the box, you know. So it teaches them like, hey, you need to get your maths in order so that you can actually end up in university and all that, you know, but it doesn't allow them to, to use innovation and creativity without being worried about marks. So 
education from high school to university, it becomes more about, you know, I need to get the best marks ever so that I can actually get the best job, not to understand what I'm doing. And I often fight with my friends and, you know, say, hey, you did this in second year. Don't you remember what you did? We're speaking about this. And like, you did this in second year. If you stopped, if you would actually not worry much about studying so that you can pass, you know, but in study to understand so that you can actually have that knowledge that you can actually use one day, you know. So that's the impact that we're having. So there's a mindset shift that we are actually mm. putting these young people the conversations that they are having after the camp it's really it's evident that to show that you know we're not just building young people who are going to just be in the system but we're building young people who are going to actually be game changers one day and they're already starting to be game, game changers now so we that's what we're advocating that's what we're pushing through our organization wow. so yeah and how long have you guys done this um the let's Focus on the educational camp. How long has it been in existence? So it's going for its fifth year now. So fifth year. Yes, we've been doing this since 2014. Mm-hmm. I was still a second year student at the Northwest University, mm. studying towards um, uh, a CA degree. So yeah, one day I was walking down the corridors of our campus and saw there's a business idea generation. I mean, there's a business idea, business idea competition. So entered the competition and from there got development and started operating it from. From second year, third year, while people focusing, just trying to get the best marks ever. Yes, I was also just trying to pass and get my marks going and that. So focus more on the business. 2016, my first year out of university, decided to go full time into it and it just being, yeah, an amazing journey. Yeah. So, so all of this came because the one day you were walking in a corridor, you saw a poster on campus and you decided, Hey, let me enter for that. Yeah. And then you enter, you go into this competition. And you present your business idea, you get taught some skills. Yeah. And you get taught how to package your thing and, 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 uh, do, do, was it a competition or was it just a, an incubation program? So everyone just gets developed. No, it was a competition and I was actually one of the winners for the So you won the competition. Yes. That's got capital to start the business. Excellent. How much did you win? So I won 5,000 rand, which I invested into a camera, started photography. Uh-huh. So th- this journey to be where we are today. Tell me that I, we interested yeah. in the journey, man. 5,000 know, rand ain't that type of money to, to have an educational camp. Yeah. But you just said, you know what? It's a stepping stone. It's just one of the building blocks I need to go where I'm going, but I know where I'm going. Yes. Yes. So, so tell me about the journey. So you got the five grand and then you decided to buy a camera. So, I decided to, so cause I realized we we're like, you know, when we're having cams, hey, we don't have our own, you know, we take pictures from, from a cell phone and that. Yeah. So what could I buy with 5,000 rand? There's not really much I can do with it. Mm. So I decided to invest that money into a camera, mm. which meant that when we're not conducting cams, one can actually go into photography, which that's another business that one went to. Although, so you bought like a, an entry level DS, DSLR camera, yes. probably like a Nikon or a, it was Canon a Canon 1200. Yeah. Like it's literally the basic yes, entry the, level. Yes. But it's a great yeah, picture. Yeah, I mean, I've true. done a wedding with that camera. Yeah. And, uh, so and then you taught yourself photography. I taught myself photography via from YouTube and right, stuff. Via YouTube and that. Yes. That's and the hustle. That's the hustle. I mean, by then I'm an accounting student. You yeah. Know, I have this creativity going on. Went a bit into graphic designs and Again, that. you end up being this outlier because people are like, what are you doing with this photography stuff? Aren't you like going to be a CA someday and then, you know, yeah. you're never going to need any of this. And yeah. why are you even wasting your time on weekends taking pictures of people when you could be studying? 
That's true. Mm. That's that's where, that's actually the, the argument I had with a lot of my friends. You know, yeah. dude, you should be focused. And you should get your marks. You're not gonna get into CTA. That's your honors and accounting. Yeah, because you, I mean, yeah, you wanted to get into the top five firms, right? Yeah. I mean, Weber, Gee. Wenzel, um, Norton Rose, all those top firms. Yeah. Everyone wants to get in there. Everyone wants to get in there. Everyone has to get good marks. In fact, I wanted to go into banking. You know, oh. so. Also trying to get into that industry, it's, also, it's another thing. You need yeah. good grades and that. But hey, I don't regret you investment know, banking. That's what investment, you want. I wanted yeah. to go into investment banking. I've heard a lot about investment banking that here, yeah, there's money there. There's, there's money, money there. And you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you find that often, uh, youth are motivated just by money and not by purpose? For the longest time, I think I felt that way mm-hmm. until I think two days back. So two days back, I was chatting to a friend of mine who is actually okay. I won't mention names, but mm-hmm. he was working for he's working for a good audit firm in like you know a good audit firm in South Africa. Yeah. It's one of the top four um, audit firms. Yeah. You know? So um, you know, but one day went to the manager and said like, hey, you know, if I'm not gonna be if I'm not going to be moved from this um, department that I'm currently working, you know, she's mm-hmm. gonna resign. Because she felt that she's not getting the best um, exposure she could actually get. So from my understanding from that, I realized that, hey, you know, yes, it's always been about money. But, you know, the shift is kind of moving a little bit because you realize, you know, the best place which you can find yourself in, you know, that's where you can actually develop it more of what you, you really love in that. And mm-hmm. if you find yourself in doing what you love, um, there's definitely money will be a reward to that. So I think my idea behind that changed a little bit just a few days ago. But yeah. Wow. But yeah. Okay. So, hey man, here you are, five thousand rand camera. You're taking some pictures on Saturdays. You you're going to some weddings. You're taking some pictures at some parties sometimes. Yeah. Still, the money is not quite there, but you you you're learning this photography thing as if it's a whole new industry that True. you might actually go deep into. You said a little bit of graphic design as well. A little bit of graphic design. I'll do like websites for 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 small companies and that designing and posters, designing posters. You were just that dude. I was just that dude. I don't know where the, creati- <laughs> the creativity comes from because yeah. I mean I'm a very analytical person. You yeah, know? I'm in numbers. Uh-huh. So, but I just went into it and. Until when I left university, decided, hey, you know, uh, within the first six weeks of, um, like my employment and that, I decided that, you know, this job is great. I'm going to get a lot of exposure from it, but I've got a heart. I started something in university, which was that venture company, you know, because every now and then during holidays would actually go on with those camps and that. And I wanted to put more time into it. I wanted to invest a little bit more into it. So let's, let's, let's actually zoom into that properly because I think, some of us caught that and some of us didn't catch that. So uh-huh. you saying that you won that competition, right? Uh-huh. Back then it was just a concept. It was just a concept. And then you decided to implement it on holidays. So the concept, yes, uh, during holidays, that's when we'd actually run the camps. Because Where, how, how, how did you do that? Because the how is very important yeah. for all of us. Yeah. So basically we'd actually get a campsite. So you you'd know. go to someone who has a yeah, campsite. Someone who has a campsite yeah. would actually have our offerings that we're adding on to, to, to this, um, camp. Yeah. So would actually book out a camp, mm-hmm. advertise it, get young people to come through on it and then add a little bit of, um, let, just add a little bit onto it. So we just add up a markup on it. So the price would be fixed from the campsite, add up a markup. Get the concert, get people together. There's a theme behind a camp. We're teaching entrepreneurship. Get young people to get there. Excellent. That's how it started. The problem is the things we think we need to get started. Yeah. 
Yeah. Most of us are not getting started because we think we need money to go buy a property and then Gee. to buy the, 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 you know, the space and the, and build some stuff. And okay, now that we've got this, now let's get people. Yeah. And you decided no. As, as soon as you got the idea, go rent out get, the property. Yeah. Say, guys, I want this place for six weeks. And then you get some kids in here for six weeks. You know. And you do your thing. Yeah. Cause the prog, the program is yours. The intellectual property is yours. Yeah. Excellent, man. So that's how it started. Yes, yeah, as a Yeah, yeah. Wow, pretty cool. And this is what you would do on the during the holidays. So this is what I do during holidays. Also, it just came a little bit now during. I mean, like my third year, literally, I was, yeah. was full time student. But every now and then, you know, you still have those hours to actually plan, go to schools, invite young people to these camps and that. Mm. And that's where the moment. But would be running during holidays. There. Usually, would it be high school or varsity people? So we started off. We tried off with um, varsity students, but mm-hmm. we realized that hey, there's not a lot of um, you know interest. Coming from university Because then I mean as a student You know mm. You'd have to pay For your own um, camp But yeah. we realized If you go to the parents You know If you go to high school If the kids love the camp They're going to go To their parents sure. I like university student I can't yeah. go to my parents And tell them Hey I, I need like 600 rent to go for this camp They'll be like But you've mm. got your allowance yeah. Use it for your allowance So that's why we shifted A little bit out of university yeah. Went down to high school And again we realized That I mean What we're giving These young people Entrepreneurship skills As well as leadership skills They don't necessarily Have it in high school you you know, mm. people who would actually have some sort of entrepreneurial understanding as people doing commerce. But mm. a person who's doing physics and accounts, I mean, like physics and your biology and that, they wouldn't actually be exposed to that because that's not part of the curriculum. Mm. But a scientist does need some sort of entrepreneurial um, sense and understanding for them to one day uh, sell that idea or whatever they might have actually invented one day. You know, mm. a doctor needs that for them to actually start a surgery or a hospital and that. So they need that little bit of understanding of what entrepreneurship it's all about And so we saw a need To actually bring it down To high school And yeah. that's why we We moved from high school I mean from university students To take it down to school To level. school level Yeah Yeah Interesting man This You know for me I, I'm I'm more inspired by The fact that you 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 really just saw the gap And you saw The, the quickest way To make it work Yeah Most of us look at The mammoth task That we're trying to do and we just see it as so big and we think uh, maybe I'll, maybe when I'm done with school, I can do this because it, it yeah. looks like it's big and it looks like it'll take up a lot of my time. True, yeah. So the, the only reason you are ahead of many of those guys is because you simplified it to the smallest thing and you said, what do I really need? Yeah. Like, n- let's not talk about what I want. What do I need? What do I need? And yeah. you're like, I just need the idea and some People with nice colorful t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. 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 And as soon as you had that, you printed out some posters. Was it hard to get into the high schools when you had to now start speaking to the kids? Yes. The high schools is a bit of a, yeah, it's just a little bit of a hard one to go in. I yeah. mean, like schools are very protective over the children, yeah. you know, because hey, who's this guy? You know? Yeah. And so even now, I'm, I mean, I think just now also after making Forbes, it's actually a little bit easier too. Cause now if you're being vetted by Forbes, you know, they kind of like can believe in you in that. Mm. But prior to that, I think, you know, um, it's always been, we've been to schools, we knocked on schools. You don't always get a 
easy response. Mm. We also have gone through churches because I think um, the idea was to just sell it to the parents first. If the kids mm. love it, then sell it to the parents. Then yeah. from there, we can actually get the camp going. Yeah. So it has not always been easy. But mm. surely after time, also going through our website, seeing, okay, they can see previous camps, hear what kids are saying, what parents are saying about our camps. You know, that's when mm. we started actually getting a little bit more people taking interest of what we're doing. And, yeah. But yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Now yeah. we now we're getting an understanding here. So now we fast forward a little bit from the time you initially thought of it to the time where you finally graduated. Your parents are happy. Everybody's happy. Finally, it looks like my son is going to do the yeah. right thing and he's going to get a job. And you got a job. I got a job. And it looked like you were going to park everything. You're saying it took you six weeks to decide. It took me six weeks because even though the first day I got in that job. So, um, yes, immediately after varsity, you, was exci- you were excited. Companies mm. are starting to respond to your, yeah. to your applications already in December. Like, no, I mean, just before our final exams, mm. you know, graduate. And it's program. not like you graduated with a cum laude yeah, or not something. Not even the cum, just, you know, you yeah, know, yeah. I always say that, you know, when it comes to cum laude, graduating with a cum laude, um, you either have a cum laude or you just have a normal degree. Because mm. my degree doesn't say with a cum laude, I could actually have a 74% average. Yeah. But with that 74%, it's not a cum laude. You mm. know. So what makes me, if I have a 50% and you have a 74%, we're still in the same category. Mm. You know? mm. So, mm. yeah. Sometimes we stick so much, we look so much into our academics, but at the end, you know, we don't, um, we have a little bit of regrets because we never, um, use the little time that we had to our, to actually develop ourselves and yeah. that, you know, because we're focusing and trying to get that cum laude. Yes, to the ones that got cum laude is awesome. That's great stuff. But, you know, yeah. So after varsity, I was six weeks later into my job and that, mm-hmm. you know, I decided one day that this is great. This is awesome, but this is not for me. So I need to go in and st- go back to what I started. And that's when I left my job and went full time into the business. Like wow. Now, you know, the interesting thing for me is the, the speed in which you decided what to do. There's this, um, saying or not even a saying. I'll just tell you about my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've been, I've been that kid who's, who's been in, in a taxi and then you, um, maybe didn't know where to get off. But then eventually you saw, you had a feeling that that was your, that was your stop, but the taxi just passed and you, you scared to break the silence. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I know what you're you know, about. You know, you know that feeling. Yeah. When you're scared to, to say something because you're thinking what, what, what is the taxi driver going to say? The reply. Yeah. And you're thinking about what the people in the taxi are going to say and it's just going to become awkward. So you sit there. And that every second that goes by, every minute that goes by, you're going further you're going and further, further yeah. away from your destination. But you sit there. Yeah. And you sit there. And you just tell yourself, you know what? The next stop, when someone says they're stopping, I'm going to get off. Yeah. And then I'm going to walk back. But that, you know, that, that walk could have been so much shorter if you broke the silence. Yeah. But usually we are t- too scared to break the silence in our own lives. You know, yeah. when we're in this... In this train or this taxi that our parents have said, have put us in and we're moving. Yeah. And it's going. And it's been going well for a long time. Normally it starts to get silent when you feel inside that you've passed your destination. Yeah. That's when it starts becoming awkward because it's no longer nice to be here. Yeah. And it's, and it's now 
taking from your happiness every hour you get to spend in here. Most people never get the courage to speak up on time. Their stop only comes when they're 40, 45, 60, sometimes 30, somewhere around those, you know, later in life. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you somehow had this confidence to speak up early and say, look guys, it's been great. It's not even been, I mean, six weeks is like a month and a, it's your first salary. It's my first salary. And yeah. you, I mean, some are still going to say, Look, the money could still become more if you stay yeah. longer or, you know, people can give you these promises of just hold on a little bit longer and this or just just stay a little longer and the connections you'll build, the person you'll become. And somehow you said, no, no, thanks. No. I, I think I know what I want. And you yeah. left. And I left. And I think, you know, in what you're saying, it's that was my fear, you know, because I knew the longer I could stay here, you know, I mean, as a young graduate, you know. With a great job in that, you know, yeah. I knew the longer I stay in here, I probably find myself in more debt in that, you know, um, because you'd want to get a car, you'd want to actually get maybe a leverage, nice place to stay in. And the more you're in, it's going to be hard to come out. So I went out of corporate while I, I was still fresh, you know, my living yeah. expenses was still low in that, and there was not really much to lose, you know. And I mean, a few months after that, you know, I, I was financially not, I didn't have the finances anymore in that the business not working out as mm. I thought it would have been, you oh, know, no. you know, and had to sit down again, decide, am I going to go back to that or am I going to just, you know, continue doing what I'm doing? And I mean, continue doing what I was doing meant that I would actually stay on my friend's couch. And mm. what was supposed to be a month, a month on my friend's couch ended up being seven months on his mm. couch, literally waking up every morning, doing what you're doing. Getting job, uh, calls for job, like opportunities and that, turning them down, you know, um, they you looked like you're crazy. Like I'm crazy. My parents were like, you know, couldn't believe what I was doing with my life. I mean, mm. I remember my mom used to say this. My mom is African, uh, is an African, um, African mom, you know, she'd say to me, whoever bewitched you is no longer alive because <laughs> if they were still alive, they would have actually felt bad and actually unwitch you. Because, mm. Yeah. So that's how she felt. And they came a point where Mtunzi, I'm surname closer. Uh, no, no, Tim. Tim, uh, sorry, Tim. sorry, yes, yes. Yeah, Tim, no, Zulu. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they gave up on me, came mm. up, not necessarily gave up on me, but they were like, no, they're cutting down allowance. If, whenever I call them, I need something from them, but they should be cutting me out and like, yeah. So it was one of those things. Came upon a time where you were alone, uh, you had friends still encouraging you, say, hey, dude, you know what you're doing, continue pushing this, it'll one day actually, um, you'll reap those rewards, you know. Until towards the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, that's when I actually had my great breakthrough. You know, mm. I had like, um, organization sponsoring so many kids for a camp that actually turned around everything around, wow. uh, the business and that. So how yeah. long did it take? It took, as I say, about seven months on my friend's couch. Seven months on your friend's couch. Seven months on my Having friend's couch. Having to sponge on his account. Yeah, you know, every it, now and then. It gets awkward. It gets awkward. Those it's like, awkward. yo, bro, the groceries just finished. Yeah. And I think you ate most of it. You know? Because, I mean, like, he'd also be, he'd leave for work in the morning. You know, yes, I'd wake up in the morning and do my stuff, you know. Yeah. But you'd be the first sometimes to be back, you know. Uh-huh. And you'd be like, yeah, were well, you chilling here the whole day? Were you working? Like, dude, you don't understand. I've been knocking on doors. I've mm-hmm. got to the Department of Education because I still want them to endorse this program mm. and I'm still waiting on them and that you know you're still doing this you're waiting on who who you want them to sponsor this number of kids you know you'd rocket tie there wave formal there mm. 
get to that meeting as though everything's going well, but well, very mm. well knowing that, hey, you know, your life is not in order. Man. But I think what never made me leave is because, you know, I had this burning passion that, you know what, I know what I'm doing and I know where I'm going. And I've got, it's not just camps. I know where it's, this is just the beginning, you know. Mm. So if I fail now, if I could actually just, you know, dust myself and feel like, you know what, hey, this is the end. I'm going back to corporate. I'm going to just maybe re-strategize and that. That would have been a fail for me because I would have, I think I would have been, I would have never actually had the courage to stand up from that. Mm. So I had to just continue going regardless of my dignity and being lost and all those things. I had to just continue pushing. So, so when your ego, your, um, when your esteem, all these things are being challenged, you know, when, when your humility is being challenged, what keeps you, what keeps you standing? What, what, what kept you saying, I'm going to face another day and another and another and another and another. You know, I mean, let, let's, let's actually do a quick calculation here. Let me, let me tell you, seven months is not child's play, guys. It's like seven months, like 200 days. You had to, you had to face poverty for 200 days, yeah. 200 days on a couch, 200 days on a couch. You know, uh, what kept me going in that was, you know, I know I knew what I was doing. You know, I had, I mean, I did accounting. I had like, you know, the finances, the, the projections, everything there was together. I know exactly how many people I'd need to, for me to. Cause to, you're the accountant. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I knew my numbers, you know, and I knew that I just need how many people to just sign this. Cause now mm. came a point where I turned my strategy a little bit around and said, okay, cool. I need to now go to corporate instead of actually going to personally to parents and that, mm. you know, let me go to corporates and try to get them to, to like, you know, because they also the just sponsor yeah. the kids in return to actually give them access to this young people and that, mm. you know. So that was the strategy that I went with. So I was just waiting for just a company just to say, Hey, Jack, we love what you're selling and we love what you're giving us and we're going to sign it. So mm. I knew there was just that breakthrough I'm waiting for, you know, mm. but I just didn't know when was it going to come, you Jeez. know. And I think that's what just kept me going, you know. So knowing that one day there will be light at the end of the tunnel and mm. yeah. So geez, cause I mean, this just gives us a lesson that you know what? We should respect that kid or that friend that's bunking on our couch. You know, yeah. we should, re- we, we should, we should give him a chance. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had a couple of those friends, you know, and in fact, I think the, the time of your twenties should be a time where it's okay. To hit rock bottom a few times yeah. uh, because you're learning, you're growing. And, and most of the guys who actually end up doing really, really well took those chances early on. Yeah. They, you know, they hit the ground. It wasn't nice. They learned, they built, they got smart. Yeah. And eventually you're just too smart. What type of books have you been reading? If you are a reader, tell me yeah. how did you, you know, you, you don't just wake up yeah. and you know the stuff. Yeah. Tell should... me about how, what type of books were you reading or what type of people spoke into your life yeah. for you to be able to build this resilience and also the success? Yeah. I think one book that encouraged me to leave my job was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh. You know, funny enough, we speak about that book a lot of times, but yeah. I'd really encourage everyone to, to want to, to really read that book It's mm. a good read And um, I think a lot of our Teaching methodology That we give to the young people Is actually based from that book So it's a good book That teaches You know 
um, yeah, I know a lot of people know it and that, like, you know, mm. it just tells you about, you're not just doing something for the sake of doing it, but you have to have purpose behind why you're doing it and, you know, understand why you're there. So for me, being on my friend's couch, you know, um, was not necessary. I knew why I'm there and I knew that there's something I'm working on, you know, uh, I think what would make me different from um, a young person who does not know what they're doing in their life, who is sitting, you know, just being a couch potato and that, you know, is that I knew why I'm there and I knew this was just a temporary stay, you know. Mm. So unlike just maybe being on a couch, being a couch potato, not knowing why are you here and, you know, where is, what's the plan, you know. So I think that's one of the books that I read. And another, another books that I also just kept on reading is just also reading about, you know, People who made it, like, you know, How I Lost My Virginity by Richard Branson. You know, here's one guy that really inspires me because I've been mean, reading his story. Who, uh, a guy who is not really academically gifted and how he started his success. You know, literally his first business and that, you know, from the whole selling out newspapers, you know, a, mm. a book that never existed. I mean, like he had a, um, um, a student magazine that he sold out to, to, to potential advertisers. While the book did not even exist yet Because mm. he had the market He knew that hey The students would actually listen Who are willing to write And all that But the book doesn't exist yet The magazine doesn't exist yet And he went to investors I mean like uh, Your your marketers To actually advertise in this book And tell hey If you're going to advertise In this magazine There's about 10,000 learners Who are going to actually read I mean students Are going to be reading this So that's how he started His first venture And that I think His story just kind of Gave me that whole You know Understanding hey you just need to sit down and think of a strategy. If you don't have the assets, how can you play around, you know, what mm. you don't have in that? I mean, that's why I also said earlier, um, I realize I don't have a campsite, but I need to do camps. Who has a campsite? What can I give to the person who owns the campsite who would actually want me to do their business there without necessarily me giving them any cent, you know? Mm. So those are some of the books, just to name a few. And there's been a lot of um, young people also just reading a lot of motivation, getting from them and listening to a lot of TED Talks from mm. very young People who are doing something great about their lives and that. So there's been a lot of inspirational from people who you can actually tell where have they started. You know, it's easy to read about Richard Branson now, but if you want to know how he started, you have to go from the way beginning. How did he start his first business? And yeah. I think that will give you the carrot because, hey, we know Sir Ramaphosa, but if you know where he started, that will actually make you realize that, hey, not every entrepreneur is going to just make it big and just start from the scratch. You know, they, mm. I mean, they start from. From success from the beginning mm. They have to start somewhere Have a few falls And yeah True True Wow man That That's actually pretty cool And um, And that That is actually You know What is The common thread Amongst most Successful people Is that there are people that, Who talk into their lives And if you don't have Those people around you then find the books, find the yeah. audio programs, find the YouTube pages, watch these or listen to, I mean, unplugged. What we talking to people right here who are doing things and we're getting to know how they started, you know, like for instance, just listening to your entire story yeah. gave me some ideas. I'm out here sitting. I'm buzzing with ideas right now. I'm like, I got a lot of money. I, I, I need to do something. I, yeah. I, or even if I don't have the money, I could still do something, you know, and that's the cool thing about this whole thing. I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the session. Man, I told you that the time flies when we were here and it did definitely fly. It's already just about top of the hour, about five minutes to go there. So thank you very much for coming through, Jack. Really appreciated this conversation. 
In fact, I was also built up by um, a camp similar to that. There was this camp when I was growing up called Eduland, and it also seeked to build us in. And we, I mean, it's everything from just social interaction with people, racial integration, all these things. You yeah. learn so much, and you grow, and you become an amazing individual. So I definitely have full trust that what you're doing is really going to impact the the country and impact the young people that you're touching as well. So well done on that. No, thank you very much for having me. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's the shortest hour of the week, and so we're out yet again. Cliffcentral.com.